0: Well, this week is, uh, as most of you are aware, I think, this week is Missions Conference here at Grace Baptist Church. And uh, so I thought it would be good for us tonight to have somewhat of a discussion. Uh, You've got your cheat sheet. Um, Have a discussion with uh, a couple of folks, uh, a couple of couples technically who uh, have some both experience with missions, but also some experience with youth ministry. And so we're going to do this, hopefully, for the benefit of all of us here. And uh, I've got, per usual, I've got my list of questions, but uh, we may have some time at the end that if there's some things you just really want to know, we may be able to take some questions from from the audience. And you don't get to cheat on those because we don't know what those are going to be. Wild cards. So... um, but why don't we start just if, if you guys and girls would introduce yourselves so, so that they can know who you are and tell us uh, your names and your, uh, what, in what areas you've served, uh, both in missions and then, and then maybe even as it relates to youth ministry. Okay.
1: Well, I guess we'll start since we're closest. Um, my name is Brian. It's my wife, Ariel. Brian I and Ariel Dix.
2: Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Bravo.
0: She can speak for herself. So I
1: won't tell. I won't tell. I won't tell you, won't tell you anything about her. I'll let her introduce herself. No, we are. um
3: so little. I have
1: these things. We're heading to Budapest, Hungary. Uh, we actually uh, have served there as missionaries previously. Pretty much the first three years after we got married, um, we were there primarily teaching at the International Christian School of Budapest. Um, so we worked with students all the time, um, mostly middle school students, but also I taught uh, quite a few high school classes as well. Um, that's sort of always been our passion. We're heading back there uh, this time for an indefinite period. So we're going as long-term missionaries with ABWB. Um, I will actually be serving as a student pastor at an international church there. So um, no, I can't replicate mr prairie over here but i will be sort of doing the same job that he does so well over here um and then teaching part-time at school as well
3: i'm ariel Dix. yes like the mermaid yes i was named after the mermaid <laughs> my sister it's was true. two and a half and that's what i got so <laughs> um yeah
4: can so, we sing when the song <laughs> it would not be the first
3: time <laughs> or the last um but yeah it could be so worse
0: like, you could be like rapunzel yeah or something yeah, yeah I ariel's so not bad
3: worse. anyways um so yeah i taught science in the middle school middle schoolers are my passion but also high schoolers have grown to be my passion as my middle schoolers became high schoolers mm-hmm. um no offense to high schoolers you just um you're wonderful in your own way but middle school is, is sort of my um my heart and my passion.
0: And I You're only okay if you start out as a middle schooler
3: <laughs> and then
0: become a well, high schooler. Well, everybody loves high schoolers. It's a There's not that many people out there that
1: just love middle schoolers. I so, middle school.
3: <laughs> right, See? they're wonderful. Lots of so, people here. Anyways, um, I have had the opportunity to also mentor a few girls um, that I taught, and one of them is now in med school at, in Cyprus, hmm. and one of them is engaged and is living in the Netherlands, and another one is. Um, She's still in in high school. But um, anyway, so I have the heart to mentor young girls. And um, as I've had that in my life, that's what I have a passion to do for other girls.
0: All right. Hold on. Before we – so tell us (laughs) – hold on. We're really um, gonna get this man a no, for, for sure not. <laughs> Gary, we have a point system here, and you can get points docked for things like that. <laughs> yeah. um, i tie
4: my hands behind my i might been, like, around the whole night. Yeah. Oh, I knew the
0: answer. I'm sorry. Um, you, uh, you have children. One of them is speaking up now. Do yes. yes. you want to tell us about your children?
3: Yes. So I have, uh, we have a two-year-old, well, two-and-a-half-year-old, Andrew, and he loves his new brother, Joshua. Um, Andrew was born in Budapest. So that was a very interesting experience when you can't tell your midwife anything because she doesn't speak English that was wonderful um, and then Joshua was born here so um, he's going back to his home country and he doesn't even know it so Andrew, Andrew, yeah. Andrew is yeah
4: here.
0: good okay all right sorry uh, can,
4: about can that I, can I, you can, can go I, now <laughs> all right, my name is Gary and uh, I'm a missionary kid from the West Indies uh, raised on an island down there from eight to 18 years of age when then I came to school here and uh, was the first youth pastor at Grace Baptist Church? So
2: many years ago.
4: Th- this young man here, his father was in my youth group. That's that's, true. that's how ancient that's true. I am. That's true. <laughs> Did I hear an O out there of some sort? Let's just be kind to of, me. Okay, let's be kind to of me. Yes. And Janet, s- since being here, and I met my wife in this church. So uh, we married in this church and uh, served in French Guiana for 11 years. That's in South America, and then in France for 16 or 17 years. I can't keep up. Anyway, pretty much in the French language. And we are presently in the process of retiring back here. And since David's going to soon vacate the youth pastor post, thought I'd come back. Hey. Let me get an applause out. Hey.
3: Big
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, I'll die happy <laughs> go, go, go. She'll talk about the kids and all that good stuff I'm an MK
2: too, my name's Janet But it's a military kid So we moved around every three years So it helped to Help my future to be able to move around like that So it was good But my folks ended up here in this church and I am the mother of Lauren Googe. Well no, she's not Googe anymore. Lauren Fry. Fry. So she was born in France too, without knowing any of the language. Yeah. Just Poos, Poos. <laughs> That's all I knew. So um, we have three children, uh, Emily, Lauren and Jeremiah. And we've uh, always worked with young people we just can't get away from ya, so. Sorry.
4: And seven, seven grandchildren.
2: Oh, seven grandchildren.
4: Okay. Wonderful. Um,
0: what do you, if you can, if you all can picture yourself sitting where they are sitting? So think, you know, as a as a high school student. Uh, I know. Should I know easier, all of you have missions.
4: Price, well, my, when he said high school student, my brain went blank. <laughs> <laughs> because that was high school that's for you. you just, school, that's what it would do. Blank.
0: <laughs> um, so, I'm just thinking, you know, for our students sitting here in the audience, um, if you could put yourselves in their shoes, what, what would you hope that they take away from maybe either our discussion tonight or even just from a conference like this? Can you think about, you know, when you were in high school, did events like this have an impact on you? And if so, how? And how might it have an impact on them?
4: Thank you. My and Ariel.
3: Uh, the one thing that I, I always like to say at Missions Conference to, when we speak to youth is you're never too young to be called to missions. Um, that's one thing that I've been asked before, and I think that it's really important that if you're feeling the Lord calling you to that, that you follow that. Um, you're never too young, just like the Bible tells you, you're never too young to, what's that Second Timothy verse? Um, don't let anybody look down upon you because yeah. you're young. Um, mm-hmm. You're never too young. So what that looks like in your life now will be different than when you're old enough to make your own choices and and follow that call independently. But um, if you're feeling that call, talk to somebody about it. Find out ways that you can flesh that out as a, as a middle or high school student um, and and find ways to, to follow that, never too young.
2: And I think, too, my daughter once asked me,
3: Mom, what if God calls me
2: to the mission field? I go, Honey, it, God's not going to call you anywhere that you don't have a desire already. He'll yeah. put that desire in your heart and mm-hmm. you won't be able to get away from it. Yeah. So don't worry that he's going to make you go to the Finfon de d'Africa or in Africa or something. But he'll give you that desire and, and you need to act on that desire.
1: Yeah, um, I think something important to realize is that missions, um, there's, there's like such a wide variety of what missions looks like. Um, from my, my own experience in high school, you know, I grew up at Grace and, you know, every year we had missions conference and I, um, there were probably a lot of different perspective on missions given, but just me as a student, all I saw was, you know, people that went, to where nobody spoke English and where, you know, nobody was a Christian and they were out evangelizing in the street every day, um, which, yes, a lot of missions is that, and that's awesome. We need people to do that. Um, but missions looks so different in so many different ways. Um, you know, we're teaching at a school and being a youth pastor at a church, and still we're doing missions. Um, and so just because maybe maybe you do see yourself as someone who wants to live out you know, out in remote areas where no one has heard, awesome, please go do that. Um, But just because, you know, that's not what God is calling you towards, doesn't mean that he's not calling you towards missions. And it can take a while. I mean, we, um, like you, I mean, I'm sure you know, sometimes he doesn't call you right out of high school into, you know, somewhere in Europe. Sometimes, you know, he does it very
4: gradually. You just have to be open to it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I really would like to to communicate to you uh, that we are normal people. I, I, my memory of being where you are and attending missions, missionaries were almost another strata of human beings, and, and they might have been, I don't know, but I, it, and I joke around and play around a lot because I, that's the way I view life, and we're just really, you, you are fine as you are. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You don't have to you don't have to change who you are yeah. to be a missionary overseas. Yeah. For sure. Good.
0: Uh now your the perspective of of the couples is at, at least different in the sense that you guys are still though you have some experience you're kind of at the beginning stages of what you think might encompass most of the next big chunk of your life at yeah, least. You for guys sure have your missions experience uh at least technically speaking mostly behind you so i want to ask a couple different ways so for you guys the guges um are there things looking back that if you could tell yourself getting started that you would want to you know want to tell yourself that having having the experience you have what would you go back and tell yourself starting out that might be helpful for those that are getting into it. But then also for you guys, you're probably thinking, okay, we would like the next 20 or 30 plus years, whatever, to look a certain way. So maybe you could talk about your looking forward and your looking back, sort of. Okay.
4: Did you bring my arthritis medicine? <laughs> I, you know what I would tell you, and I think there was a mistake. You tend to go on a mission thinking, I'm taking God with me somewhere. You will never go anywhere that God's not already there. You'll never step off a plane, off of a boat, and bring God with you. He is already there. You'll never go anywhere where he's not. That's good.
0: I almost quoted Dr. Seuss there. <laughs> off a car, off a train, <laughs> off a boat, on a plane.
1: Hey, we could quote that really well. We read that every night. <laughs> <I'll bet. laughs> not in a boat, not a tree, <laughs> yeah. you let me be. I yeah. love
3: that one. Love Can that.
0: we do green, ends, green eggs and ham? Right? Right? We're, we're trying. Getting. We're yeah. trying. Oh um, good. Thoughts about looking forward? Yeah,
1: um... It's difficult. I mean, we would it's like twenty, thirty years if we are still in Budapest, still doing what he's calling us to do right now. Awesome. Um, you yeah, know that would be fantastic. Um, you know, I also know plenty of missionaries who go to the field, are there for quite a while, and God calls them to a another mission field, but mm-hmm. a different one. Um, and you guys know what that's like too. So, um, you know, it's it's knowing that you know we're not going to be, you know. It's not that we're a failure if we don't stay in the exact same place yeah. doing the exact same thing for thirty years straight. Um, my sort of, I've sort of taken up, I guess not a life verse, but a, a verse for this season in life that we're in. Um, it's been Romans twelve twelve. Grant and I actually have been going through Romans recently, um, and it's and I'm gonna forget it now that I'm <laughs> right up here. But it's uh, be
0: uh, patient. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I can go backwards. I know it's be constant in prayer, be patient in suffering. And what's the first one? I pulled it up on my phone just to be sure. I was going to read it off to be really impressive. but Okay, Bible dr- here it is, drill. Here it is. Rejoice <laughs> in hope. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Um, and I think if if we can do that for 30 years, yeah. then we'll be set.
0: Because really the only way that any of us can be really obedient is just to do the next thing. Yeah. You can't do ministry years at a time. You have to do it moments at a time and then just see how the years add up. For sure. Good. Um, So you mentioned, Gary and Janet, that you have been in uh, multiple places. So French Guiana, uh, Guiana, Guiana? Guiana. Uh, And France primarily. Mm -hmm. So mainly among French-speaking people, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure the cultures of both of those places were quite a bit different could you talk to just like what what kind of various cultural experiences did you have how was one different from another C- culturally
4: yeah uh, language aside because they both obviously spoke french right do you want to answer that one french kiana if you're not aware of where that is it is on the northern coast of south america sandwiched between brazil and suriname and so it is uh it's not an independent country, it still remains a French department. Uh, so, okay. uh, And it was uh, what we call loosely the Creole, Creole culture, tropical, we were about 900 miles above the equator, hot all the time. A seven month long rainy season. The average annual rainfall was just over nine feet of water. And then five months of kind of dry. but 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 that I say it only because that affects culture yeah very much always outside Um, everything's done outside you do very very little living inside yeah and uh, if I spoke on a spiritual compared to France we're in the south of France very dry very very hot completely different on a spiritual sense because we were with Creole people in French Guiana the idea of a spiritual world was a given there's a practice of voodoo, practice of spiritism. They accepted the fact that there's a spiritual world. Okay. Whereas if you go to France where the mindset is what we say is Cartesian. Descartes was a famous French philosopher. He said you should doubt everything. If it's not reasonable, reject it. So this is a this is a this is a culture where if you can't think it through its it's not right or it doesn't exist. So and there, obviously, if you cannot prove the existence of God, he most likely does not exist. So two very different types of evangelism actually. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> so religiously even the two were quite a bit different. Quite a bit different. Okay.
2: Roman Catholic in name, but yeah. totally different
0: for both of them, right? Both of them predominantly yes. yes. Roman right. Catholic like by just nominally yes. at least
4: and probably Catholicism did lend itself to the superstition and the traditional spiritism of the Creole people. Yeah. Okay. And, and I would say very, Creole people, very warm hearted, open, walk in your house anytime. You know, it's just really outdoor. We're French a little bit more cultured, between quotes, culture. that's probably not a good way to say that. And <laughs> ordered, orderly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Brian, you you and Ariel mentioned Sunday night when uh, when we heard from you in the in the main service about uh how even in budapest you have you're going to experience especially at the international school all kinds of diversity within that school so can you talk about what kinds of diversity um you've already experienced having been there before Mm -hmm. and what kinds of opportunities that could lend itself to
3: yeah, so um, we experienced not just missionary kids, as we said Sunday night, but also Hungarians. We had a lot of um, Asian students, so from Japan. We had, we had quite a few Korean students, mm-hmm. some from China. Um, some We had one from... Where was Emily from Finland was he Finnish? yes Finland Finland, Russia, all sorts of UK. all all over the globe and in each graduating class, they would bring the flags out at graduation mm. of each nationality represented and we every year even with a small class probably like 10 had ten flags a flag. at least. so it created this culture of its own culture because it wasn't just predominantly really even one culture because even the missionary kids wouldn't really identify themselves as American I mean they are American but they don't really know much about the American culture because they haven't lived in it so um, it's created this sort of openness amongst the students of okay well I realize your background is different than my background um, culturally and so they were a lot more open and forgiving maybe not the word to use but Um, understanding of each other's differences right off the bat without even having to have a discussion about it. You just saw them interact in such a way that even if they didn't understand what the other student was doing it just well that just must be some Korean thing (laughs) you know so and then they would have a discussion about it so it was a really unique experience and opened our eyes a lot to different ways of the world and we're excited for our kids to experience that in some way.
1: Yeah and it's really cool for evangelism because, I mean, even though we were teaching, um, yeah, it was probably a little bit easier for me because I'm teaching middle school Bible primarily there, but um, every week pretty much there was at least one sort of evangelism session where we're talking through the gospel because even though there's a lot of missionary kids there, uh, we also, especially in middle school, had a pretty significant Hungarian population. And so you've got to really weird religious divide there where you have half of your class are missionary kids. You know, if anyone knows about Jesus and what's going on with the gospel, it should be them. Um, and then you've got Hungarians who like a lot of Europe is starting to tend very atheistic. Um, and so, you know, having had a lot of discussions about the gospel, but the cool thing about such an international community is, um, to share the gospel you go to the things that unite all of them together and so we got to talk about just very basic issues you know every every one of them understands what suffering is no matter what culture they're from um they they've experienced suffering in some way um they all know what the idea of hope is they all um can see sort of fallenness in themselves um sin in other people um they all we all experience you know these deep issues that are at the heart of the gospel and so even though maybe their cultural backgrounds are way different, um, it sort of lets us go to you know the
0: root, root um, you know, issues of the gospel, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one thing that seems to be true here in the States is we, um, a lot of times, are pretty American-centric, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, at least that's the word I came up with. Maybe we don't uh, have as much diversity, at least with languages. Maybe cultures. I mean, even even here, you know, you can you you see some diversity. But why would it be good? What are some of the benefits for Christian American Christians to have uh, culturally diverse, you know, friends who are from different cultures, or even friends who have different not just uh, cultural differences, but different religious. Beliefs. I mean, would you say it's good to make for Christian American Christians to make friends with people who look different, talk different, think different than we do, and if so, if so, how could that be effective for the gospel?
3: I think America is one of the few places in the world where we tend to not be I, don't know, I, don't know I was trying to say that for example, America is no. <laughs> Sorry. It's all in my brain. Um, Gary, for, you got for, your button ready? When I
4: was your age growing up in America, this opportunity was probably less frequent to have uh, other culture friends. Today it's different. You can easily have uh, f- a friend from a Middle Eastern culture, from a, a Latino culture, from a European culture. And some of these cultures... Um, might actually be cultures where you cannot share your faith, but it's almost a reverse missions field where the right. culture has come to you. There's yeah. absolutely nothing here that is a barrier to you sharing your faith with someone who could not hear about your faith if they were in their country. So I think it would be a really sad to let those opportunities just fly right by you uh so by all means i would say yes we need to befriend those cultures i really think it's a movement of god Mm -hmm. uh, to see this mass immigration uh, to to give us opportunities to share our faith
2: and i think too the 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 atmosphere in america right now is is fear we we are afraid of people that Mm -hmm. aren't like us Mm -hmm. and so if we get to know people then we realize that they're pretty much the same as we are
0: yeah so, from that perspective, it's it's almost um, it's really strategic to 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 realize you don't have to get on an airplane and go across the ocean right. to right. interact with, like you said, people who are. Di- In fact, it's really advantageous to have them on our turf, so to speak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and so opportunities for the gospel might even be.
4: But given what Janet said, I think you will have to be intentional. That is to yeah, say, yeah. you will have to want to do it and, and make yourself do it. It is not natural in the atmosphere yeah. we're in right now. And,
1: and it's another thing to, to say to yourself, well, okay, I've got to find someone. You know, I want to find someone that's a different culture than me or a different religion than me. know, we think of these big differences like, oh, I, I need to find someone who's from a different <clears throat> culture or has a different uh, religion and you know, talk to them and figure out a way to talk to people you know, that widely differ from me. Um, But the best way to put that into practice and to prepare for that is to talk to people that maybe are from the same culture, do have the same religion, but there is some key difference. People that seem different than you that you wouldn't normally sort of be friends with or wouldn't normally talk uh, very comfortably with. It starts with those small differences because if we avoid sort of socializing or talking to anyone that we think is a little bit different um, we're not going to really easily take those big differences and be like yeah, my question too is looking
4: okay, not what you said Brian maybe those differences are more artificial than they yeah. are real mm-hmm. I watched you play in your games I could have done that in France French Ghana, you could have played the, the same stuff you guys did tonight with youth your age anywhere in the oh world God. and it would have been just fine why? because you're all the same mm-hmm. Your your dreams are similar mm-hmm. you're the What's going on in your, your, your lives is similar. It's just there's a lot more similarities than you realize. Yeah, yeah. And what appears to be different is not that different. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's good. Now, uh, you could, all, all of you, all of us, could very easily do the kinds of things you're talking about. You could teach at a school. Mm-hmm. You, could, mm-hmm. you could do youth ministry at a church. You could do that here in the States. Mm-hmm. So why move across the ocean and do the same kinds of things that you could do among unbelievers here?
2: there's a bigger need there aren't that many Christians in these other countries so here you've got a church on every corner but yeah. in France
4: uh, the, the, I think the official number is just a little over 2% of the population is evangelical Christian that is a professing so right it doesn't look anything like it would in Chattanooga
3: also, I think, I mean, this is pretty obvious, but God's calling. I mean, yeah. he, he's called us to where we're we're going, where they've been. He might be calling you to be here, and that, that is that's nothing right. to shake a stick at either because yeah. that's a weird phrase. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, if he's called you to be here, be here. Don't feel bad. Don't sit here going, oh, I wish I were called to missions. You are called to missions. It's just it might be here.
1: Yeah, that's a difficult one because, like, I mean, yes, yeah the, in in one sense, there are a lot fewer Christians in a lot of countries across the globe when you do you know think about here, we see a church everywhere, um, but also, you know, I don't think it's an exaggeration to see to say most of the churches that we see on every corner have um not been trending in the right direction, um, whether that's just their their beliefs or their their numbers, you know the church. And America is definitely struggling, um, maybe because um, whatever the reason, um, there's a huge need here too so i've like Ariel said for us we're we're going overseas. yes, we could do the exact same thing we're doing there. we could do it here. Um, he's sort of uniquely called us And in my own personal you know experience, when I was in ninth grade, uh, my family moved to Budapest for a year. Um, just like a long short-term missions trip and for eight months I went to the school as a freshman where we're teaching now um, and that was like a big you know when that when I was you know eight years down the road in college thinking what am I what am I going to do I know I want to teach um, where where should I teach that was always in the back of my mind um, just because of that previous experience okay. so yeah keep keep the uh, keep those small experiences in the back of your mind if someone from a if a missionary from a certain place, you know, speaks and just you seem to connect with them and what they're doing, um, don't forget about that.
0: Yeah.
3: Come connect with us. <laughs> <We can laughs> That's, true. That's
0: true. That's um, true. Are there any questions from you, the audience? Anything you want to know that I haven't asked yet?
4: You don't have to hit the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just ask. You can just say it. Oh, oh, I'll hit the table for you. Right. Yes,
0: Aiden. How many years have both of you couples served on the mission field? How many years have you served? Three. Three, if, you,
1: if, if we were calling that overseas serving on the mission field. In three years.
2: Overseas,
0: 28 Okay. They win. They win. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lily. What's it like being a
4: missionary kid? Ooh. Missionary kid?
0: What's it like being a missionary kid? Can How we take time like, do you have I was going to say can we
4: take like five hours please yeah so we I am an m k and we raised three of them, so um, the, I think if you asked our children about their childhood experiences, one being actually born in France, they wouldn't exchange it for the world. it changes your whole view of life, so that happened to them. Was it easy i don 't think so um, because you, you're torn between two cultures. Neither of the two is actually your home. You've got, you know, this American thing. All of our children live in Tennessee now with our grandchildren. But that was because this was our furlough home when we came back. This is the state they feel most comfortable in around this area. But um, there's also that the other side. I, I it's just they're torn. They really. I, take some, it, I don't know if an MK really ever If you ask me, where do you feel at home? Mm-hmm. There's this little island in the West Indies. That's the only place I put my foot down and feel at home. It's called Anguilla because I grew up there. And that just happens to you. Now, I haven't been back that often, but it's not... But I think the switch off is great because you've done seen been its it's i i think i think it was incredible yeah so yeah it's
1: being an m k is very very rewarding and it's also can be wildly difficult um, yeah. and those two things are usually related because it's it's god taking us through the challenges that really grows us
4: and typically as an m k you did not choose that yeah yeah that life that you're living your parents chose that and it can be quite conflicting conflicting yeah. yeah good any
0: any others yes sir nathan is it difficult to reach people in the countries you're serving
3: in mm-hmm. uh, our our ministry is unique that in that we're at the school and so that it when you come to our school in the interview the the principal says you know this is a christian school you'll be learning christian things and and you're known that up front and you're just with it every day however hungarians as a whole um, brian's parents work with them um in bible studies and in language classes and it is very difficult to get um them to to even call you friend i think i think your mom said one lady she met with for i think five or six years before she used the word friend about her Mm -hmm. um they just they're just very guarded um it's not that they're
1: mean, they just don't yeah, no, it takes they're a long friendly, time. But to they gain don't their call trust. you
3: friend for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a culture it makes sense if you look at their history. They've always been on the losing side of a war. Every time somebody has moved into their country they have lost. And so as when you think of it that way, their mindset makes sense, but it's also very difficult for them to do that. But mm-hmm. his parents, because they have answered God's call to be there long term, they've been able to get past those walls and do a lot of good evangelizing and
4: growth with these people. That's good I, don't know about you guys, but. I uh that's a that's an interesting kind of question. Is it easy? Yeah. I, retiring as I am from that ministry, there's a certain wish that there had been more conversions, but I think that's that's natural. This being said, um Those of us who come from this country unfortunately have a rather strike or two against us. Mm -hmm. We come from this large and America's number one mentality. And if you go to another country, regardless of how large or who they are, that's very intimidating. Mm -hmm. You've got to get them past that intimidation to accept you as a person. It's almost... You almost it, wish you could get rid of that They thought you worked for the CIA. for years in French County, they thought I was a CIA agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some not everybody, but some people. So it's any of anyone in here Atlanta Braves fan? Maybe not after. Uh, you minutes. shouldn't be, but they're losing anyway. Forget, I think they lost in fact. Anyway. It's like if I said, I'm from Atlanta, and you assume I'm, in the, I'm a Braves fan. Well, I'm not, but just the fact there's these identities that take place, these, these assumptions that are not true. And, as, and I really feel that for American missionaries, it's really almost a handicap. You have to get over. And this being, this being said, there's, it's, we had great liberty to share the gospel. So to approach someone in France and, and, and share the gospel was no problem at all. Did we see rapid conversions? No. Mm-hmm. The, it was very rare. Mm-hmm. I've had, the last Sunday I preached in France, a guy got up, a 50-year-old man got up that I'd known for four years and announced to the whole church that he accepted Christ. I was going, wow, was four or five years. I just long period and, and thanked me personally he says i want to do this in front of everyone and then talk about you because you were influential in that and i thought wow you know that was someone i probably in my own mind had given up hope on sort of you just you say oh, he's never going to get saved but but they do <laughs> amen did you have
0: your hand up or you were stretching
4: you can't stretch when you're in a situation like this okay maddie yeah
0: What makes you choose where to go as a missionary?
4: You want to answer that, David? I'll let you answer. That. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh man, it's. These I think tables, it's, complex it's saying, question, a complex question. A complex answer. I'll turn the table. Okay. Yeah, you the cap. Yeah.
0: You know, for me, it was um, it was uh, a situation where we were interested in going somewhere, and we were given. Um, by those who knew us best, and th- and some folks we knew who could give us some guidance, um, we got connected with a with a fella who said, "Well, here's where we have needs. Here's where our ministry has needs, and here's what we need people to do in each of those areas." And so, out of ten or twelve possibilities, we really just picked the one that sounded to us like that would be the best fit as far as the use of what we think we can do and would want to do. Mm -hmm. So what, what kind of, what kind of help do they need that we think we could actually, you know, offer and and do reasonably well? Uh, and where would it be a good fit for our family? Mm -hmm. So it was, and then, and then tied in with all of that, it was, where do we think it would be most, we would be most obedient. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was much. It wasn't really too different, Maddie. Probably from the way that your parents would decide where should we take a job yeah. in the yeah. states or anywhere in the world. It was. It was not for us. It wasn't like a a, a feeling or a nudge. It was. Mm-hmm. It was just what seems to be the best decision. And so that's how we went about it.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. For Ariel and I, we. Uh, after we got married or even before we got married when we were engaged we talked about you know we were both teachers um so we thought how cool would it be to both teach in a missions setting um and like i said i had experience at the school in budapest but we uh, you know we said okay that's great uh that would be helpful but let's look at a bunch of different schools um you know just let's not you know narrow our choices here um, so, in the year after we got married, we looked at all these different international schools, you know asking the question what are the needs they have there um, what 's what 's the student body look like you know what 's is is that sort of demographic um, a group of people that we feel like God is calling us to minister to and calling us to uh, to spend our spend our lives around um, and After doing all that, we still came back around to the school in Budapest and it was you know not only did we have the previous experience but it was the group of kids that you know uh, missionary kids were, was something we were really called um, to minister towards just because like we said of all all the challenges and situations they face um, and it Budapest has a very large missionary population um, so yeah it's it's looking at what are the needs where where has what has God given you as far as a passion and where do those line up yeah.
0: Very good. Okay. Yes, Bethany. Do the people in the country that you're serving, in, um, how do they approach Christians? Do they, are they friendly
2: or are they um, not Sometimes they're a little m- mocking, um, but when they get to know you and you become friends, then they're very yep. open to listening. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't w- believe the same thing, but they will listen. I think you have to gain their respect and their
4: their. We've yeah, never been persecuted. No. Uh, <laughs> laughed at, perhaps, and, mm-hmm. but, but not persecuted, yeah. yeah.
1: Hungary is, is Roman Catholic by tradition. Um, so when they hear Christian, they automatically think Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of the Catholics there are what they, you would call non-practicing Catholics. They're Catholic because their family is Catholic, and mm-hmm. they don't necessarily go to church every week. Um, so for the Hungarian students in our classes, um, they sort of were surprised when they realized that we took this Christian thing very seriously, um, usually in a positive way.
0: Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lily.
4: I didn't. Would you How do you be more, not give up that somebody will
2: be saved?
4: Yeah. How do you not give up hope? The, there are... <laughs> I don't know if you ever give up hope. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is you, you kinda, you, you're, always invet, you're investing time in people and you're thinking, mm-hmm. we've only got so much time, who should I invest it in? And often you'll say, well, I've spent so much time with this person, they're making no move Toward salvation maybe i should spend this time now with somebody else mm-hmm. and we've, we've done that on a number of occasions and and janet said mentioned Nicolas. Nicolas is a friend of ours in french Guiana who came to church he was a, he was part of the french coast guard and a fine young man his wife couple of kids and then he told me once you know gary uh to, to be french is to be catholic to be catholic is to be french i appreciate your messages but i'm just never gonna Mm going to change I'm going to stay where I am and then we moved to France and we always kind of kept contact then about four years ago I had a phone call from Nicolai he says listen I'm being baptized in a Baptist (laughs) church next week I wish (laughs) you could be here so it is true I hadn't given up hope but he was no longer center stage Mm -hmm. in my mind in evangelism but he still came to Christ so and there's a certain reckless abandon of letting God (laughs) handle that because uh, that's what happens yeah
1: yeah, sort of visualize you always keep some sort of a door open. Right. You never close a yeah. door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you keep yeah. a door open. Always be open to talk to them if they want to talk to you. Reach out to them from time to time. Good.
0: Christian? Where was the first place overseas overseas Zoe audition? Ooh, good question. First place you went overseas. Well you said a- Anguilla. Okay. As a kid,
1: yeah. Child. My very first. Trying to I'll let you go, because I'm trying to think of exactly when
2: was, uh, that first was. It was with the young, uh, it was the Palmas, with this church. Adults. With this the church, yeah. The adults, yeah. Adults but that was like 77
0: or whatever, nine or a long time ago. Years ago? or No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was unkind. I'm sorry. <laughs> that,
4: that, that was before we married.
0: <laughs> yeah
4: um very first
1: place i went it wasn't i guess it wasn't specifically in the context of missions um i went with my family when i was probably in fifth or sixth grade to turkey and the middle east Uh, we were visiting my aunt and uncle who were missionaries in turkey Uh, it was a lot easier uh, to get around in the middle east then um but my first like actual missions trip experience overseas would have been Mexico. Um, went with my grandfather. Actually, he had a good missionary friend um, in a little town called Alhuay. Uh, it's on the west coast of Mexico. Uh, but we went and did some, did a VBS, and did work with the church uh,
0: there. Ariel, first place you went overseas? Mexico City with the Allens. Okay. very cool you were how old I was
3: a junior in high school. okay yeah
1: and I was that was the same two different trips obviously but I was a junior as well okay and just as a side note that was that was a really good experience for me but I also realized during that trip that I did not feel like God was calling me to that area of the world um I saw what was going on there and thought you know these missionaries are doing awesome work here i want to do something like this but in a way it showed me that i don't know if this is where i could end wanting to spend my whole life which is okay yeah
0: okay Aiden. uh have you guys always
1: come to grace baptist as far as like our
2: home church
4: yeah Hey, um when you're of course, when you're raising support, you visit a, a tremendous number of churches, um, but there's always a church that is your sending church, your home church, that church that said we believe we believe in this couple, we're sending them out, and then typically other churches work off of that testimony, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, we've w- this coming Sunday I'll be in Wadsworth, Ohio, at a church. And uh, so we've been to a variety of churches. So I'm not sure exactly, Aiden, what you're asking. I started coming here, I think I must have been 22 or 23 years old, something like that, just out of college going into seminary. and started coming out here. None of this existed, by the way. (laughs) I put the rafters that are up in this building. With a bunch of guys once. I, I painted the you the painted brick. You <laughs> painted yeah. Brick. Yeah. I I put two basketball goals in the dining area. The, what do you call that? The, <laughs> yeah. That was a short ball. court basketball court for our youth when I was youth. pastor. I year. I, I've been told they're still there. They're uh, just above the ceiling. I, really? Probably are. And oh, I think awesome. I think that's all in honor of me. And I think. And we it were in the
2: hospitality room
4: but right. it was, but but was it was the church the it, 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 it was the church at the time yeah, yeah. so a lot has changed so um, yeah. does that answer your question okay we get around to a lot yeah. of churches yeah. but this has always kind of been our home home church
1: home base and this sort of is and sort of isn't i spent the first 20 years of my life in this church was born here went to youth group here so he was yeah.
4: born in this room <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, okay sorry. Right.
1: uh so, yeah, this was, I mean, the, I guess the first youth room I was in is now not even a room. It's in that whole section yeah. that was redone. Yeah. And then the fellowship hall sort of we did. And then uh, I think another room for this room. but Probably
0: the back cafeteria.
1: Yep. But no, and at my junior and senior year, we completely redid this space to how it looks today. Um, so, but right now, uh, Ariel and I are actually members at Woodland Park Baptist Church. Which is just down the road, but Grace mm-hmm. is always sort of a second home to us. So, um, when we went to the Mission Field three years for three years, you know this was one of our supporting churches. It wasn't our sending church because we were members at Woodland Park, mm-hmm. but just because of how how long I was here, have great relationships here. So, and you still.
0: and Ariel graduated from the academy.
1: We did, yeah. We we went to school at Grace Academy and graduated. We were in the same kindergarten <laughs> class. There's a yearbook picture with both of us in it.
0: So. Yes, Chris. <laughs> Don't
1: <laughs> that's a whole nother story so we we won't field questions on that because that could go on forever right.
0: okay we good all right well uh i want to uh pray for these folks um is there anything specific we should keep in mind as requests from you guys that that we should know before we pray
1: Okay, I'll start. Um, For us, we are obviously heading back to Budapest. Mm -hmm. Um, We didn't really get into it a whole lot, but um, we came back after three years thinking we were going to be here for good. And after about a year of talking and praying and many other things, um, God made it pretty clear he was sending us back full time. So we have been raising support a second time to go back, and that's where we are right now. We're at about 70% of our required support. Uh, we would like to get there by the beginning of next year so that I can help teach classes for spring semester. Um, there's a few things that need to happen before now and then. So just be praying um, for that um, we would continue to make good relationships with people and find financial partners um, that we would uh, be able to get all the other. There's a lot of details, obviously, that go into moving overseas. so. Um, just that those would not discourage us, that we would be patient and wait for God's timing, but also be active in all of that. Yeah. And for
0: our kids. Yes. We're
3: ministering to MKs,
4: but we're also making our kids MKs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, we are settling here. All that, that involves a lot of stuff. So I just see our coming back and making this area our home again, sort of. Yeah.
3: And for those of you who don't know, transitioning back to your home country can almost be harder sometimes than transitioning to your, what we call your host country—the country that you're moving to. So we know what that's like Mm -hmm. if y'all ever need. In just a small area, come over and you can just tell us all the things. (laughs)
0: All right, why don't we pray together? I'll lead us. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for this week and this conference and the chance to hear from tonight, especially from Gary and Janet and from Brian and Ariel, but but others um, just for what we're able to learn about the work that you are doing. This really isn't the work of, of any of us or of any of the people that we're hearing from, but this is your work, mm-hmm. and uh, we are humbled to be a part of it Lord, help us as church members to be good supporters of those that are sent and uh, to keep them in our prayers and um, to, to be faithful in uh, speaking the gospel uh, here where you have us. Lord, we do pray as both these couples are in a state of transition for Gary and Janet as they uh, settle here and as they are looking to finalize on a house and and the move that goes along with that, and uh, we just pray uh, for you to work out all the details ahead of them and for you to provide everything that they need uh, as as they get settled here uh, thank you for their testimony for their example for their faithfulness uh, for their consistency uh, working in uh, in churches and in Uh, places where you have strategically put them. Thank you for the way that you've allowed them to bear fruit, uh, even as as we heard tonight, sometimes many years after the first seeds were planted. We pray also for Brian and Ariel and their transition. We pray as they raise support that you'll provide all that's needed. We pray you'd bring it in uh, quickly, even so that they could um, begin over in Budapest in January. We pray for uh, Andrew and for Joshua as they uh, make this move with their parents. Just pray that you will draw them to yourself, uh, that you will just make this truly a family endeavor, not just something that that mom and dad do, but something that they can serve you together in uh, for a long time. Uh, Thank you again just for the uh, confidence we can have in you uh, to be involved in your work and to worship you together tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, would you thank these folks for um, being here with us Jesus. tonight?